Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're tackling one of teachers' biggest problems, how to find work-life balance amidst all the craziness that is just inherent in teaching. We're focusing on overarching principles and productivity tips that will help you get everything done without letting it take over your life. Last week, we talked about nine ways to reduce distractions and disruptions so your planning periods can actually be productive. Today, we're going to talk about 25 specific ways that you can save time and take home less work. Earlier in this season, in episode 14, we talked about how little changes add up over time. If you can learn to save 5 minutes here and 10 minutes there, you'll be amazed at how much space this can create. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing 25 specific ways to save time. Some of these will not be relevant to you right now, but others will. So take note of the ones that most resonate with you and try implementing them this week. Or for those of you that are already on summer vacation, make a note to try them for next year. Which, by the way, I hope every summer that you have just a little sheet of paper or a note in your phone where you're always jotting down ideas for next year. That list can be invaluable. So if you don't have that already, start one right now. All right, let's dive into the tips. Tip number one is don't grade everything. If you're grading every piece of work your students do, I have one word for you. Stop. This is way too overwhelming and takes way too much time. What you want to do instead is collect work randomly and tell kids that any piece of work they do could be taken for a grade. That way, they're incentivized to do their best, but you're not buried with paperwork. It's just simply impossible to grade every piece of paper that they ever do. Number two, make the most of your work times. We talked all about this in the last episode, but it's so important when it's time to work to buckle down and really try to get things done. Don't waste time on Facebook or walk down to the teacher's lounge. Get focused right away and get done as much as you possibly can in those precious fleeting minutes. And if you're saying to me that's impossible, go back and check out the latest episode where we talked about reducing disruptions and distractions during planning periods. Tip number three is take advantage of a few minutes here and a few minutes there. I've already mentioned this, but I truly believe that this is one of the reasons that I've always been able to get things done pretty quickly, and and to be honest, more quickly than a lot of my peers. When I have three minutes here or 30 seconds there, I'm grading something, or I'm working on my to-do list, or I'm planning. I'm definitely doing something. And while two minutes here and one minute there doesn't seem like much, they add up. They just really do. I'm normally able to grade a stack of papers during the day and just thus reclaim these unused minutes. Um, I keep a stack of papers at my podium, and when there's a law in teaching or students are working, I grade. By the way, these laws are because kids are working. Um, Obviously, there shouldn't be actual laws where nothing's happening. But, for example, if I give students, you know, one minute to work a problem and no one has a question... I'll use that time. Or sometimes I'm even walking around the room. As I'm walking around the room answering questions, I have just um, a piece of mindless grading with me. We talked before about how it's not good to multitask unless the work is mindless. So that's what I mean. This is just that mindless grading where you're just, um, you know, quickly checking things, putting grades on, on top, really simple things like that. Tip number four is to learn to type faster. Okay, I know this isn't something you have time to do in the middle of the school year, but but 
This is a great project to tackle over the summer. If you're slow or even an average typer,、um, this can save you so much time. Writing lesson plans, crafting emails, worksheets, grades—all of these require typing. And the faster you can type, the faster these tasks get done. Seriously, this would be an amazing summer product,、uh, summer project. And there's so many free online typing programs,、uh, even some games if you want to connect with your inner child, as it were. So number four, learn to type faster. Number five, forego elaborate decorations and visuals, at least for now. If you find you're spending hours on the perfect bulletin board or a new fantastic chart, it's time for a paradigm shift. I know these things are flashy and showy, but they don't really help your students learn better, and they can take up a lot of time. And if you're if you're looking at Pinterest classrooms and feeling like that's what you have to do, you simply don't. You can make your classroom fun and colorful without spending hours on decorations. I when I was teaching, I used a lot of pre-made posters, and I'll link to some examples in the show notes、um, at teachfortheheart.com/podcast16. But these just pre-made posters can really decorate your room quickly and easily without wasting, excuse me, without wasting a lot of time. You know, I remember when I was in college, they taught us how to create these elaborate pieces of art by blowing up the picture with an overhead, tracing it with a, a permanent marker, coloring it in with chalk. This created beautiful visuals, but it took hours. And if you're pressed for time, sometimes there is just not time for this. At least not if you're still taking a bunch of work home. Now, if you really love this side of teaching and you love to create it, then keep it as part of your day.、Um, but consider scaling back until you've got more time,、um, until you've got your time management more under control. Um, or maybe do those at home and just recognize this is a fun activity. I'm doing this for fun while I watch TV.、Uh, don't consider it part of work.、Um, but if you're feeling like you have to do that, you have to have this Pinterest-worthy classroom. I absolutely want to free you from that notion. Tip number six: focus on efficiency, not speed. Okay, if you're anything like me, when you try to rush and get a task done quickly, you end up making mistakes. Then you have to go back and correct them, and in the end, you don't actually save any time at all. In fact, often it ends up taking even longer. So I've learned instead of trying to be fast, I need to focus on efficiency. If I have a stack of grading, I try to be efficient. That means working at my maximum productivity, being focused, not multitasking, not distracted. Working to the best of my ability, but absolutely not trying to rush. Number seven is to make grading as easy as possible. All right, I've already told you not to grade everything, but when you do grade something like classwork or homework, I'm talking these smaller grades, not test quizzes. Try to make the grading as easy as possible. My strategy for homework is to have the kids grade each other's papers in class, and to simply put a question mark on any question that they're not sure is right or wrong. If there's no question mark on the page, I don't really spend much time looking at it. I just put on the grade and move on. I also make the math very easy. Even though this tip, if there's in my homework, I normally give six problems in math, and so what I do is I only take off five points for each incorrect problem if they at least tried it. Now, if they didn't try the problem, that's another story. But so I just have a simple scale: one hundred, ninety-five, ninety, eighty-five, eighty, seventy-five, seventy. This makes grading so much easier. And as a side note,、um, it also allows students to learn from their mistakes without being killed on their practice grades. 
Uh, if you want more details, I explain this method. Um, excuse me, I explain this method more in more detail. You can check out that link at teachfortheheart.com/podcast16. Now, by the way, I don't take these shortcuts for quizzes and tests. On those, I felt it was important to go through each problem, and I actually took the time to give partial credit. This took a lot of time, but with, it was worth it to me. And that's the key: is to prioritize. Ask yourself: Is this truly worth my time? Um, and if it is then invest that time. But if you just need a quick grade in the grade book, then make it just that, a quick grade. Tip number eight is to ditch the rubrics. Okay, if you love rubrics, fine. But I have to tell you, all that time that it takes to do the math of a rubric can really waste a lot of time. One way I saved a lot of time with grading was by being creative with my grading sheet. So what I would do is I would create a grading sheet that consisted of all the things I expected of each item. I would then simply circle anything that was incorrect or subpar and put a check mark or smiley face by anything they did well. And then I didn't actually have a rubric a rubric there. I either graded holistically or I might have a rubric in my head. You know, every circle I take off three points or whatever the case if I was having trouble just knowing what their grade should be. Not having to do that math saves a ton of time and having those circles and check marks and smileys easily justify the grades without me having to write a million notes on their paper. I explain this um, method in detail again at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast 16. Tip number nine is to keep track of your lesson plans from year to year. Now we know that every time we teach a new course or have a new curriculum or have to learn Common Core, everything is more time consuming. But if you're diligent about taking those extra couple minutes to keep track of what you're doing this year, what's working well and what's not, then you're going to have such an easier time next year. It'll all be in one place and you will thank yourselves a million times over when you don't have to reinvent the, w- the wheel. So take those, look at those few minutes as an investment into your future self. Tip number 10 is to organize your files, both physical and digital. Now, you knew we were going to get to organization at some point, right? I'm not saying you have to be uber organized. I'll be honest, my storage closet in my room was a bit of a mess. But the things you use most often, those files you always need access to, those should be organized so you don't waste time searching high and low for something that should be right there. Now, listen, this this happens. Sometimes you're going to put stuff in the wrong spot. That that is real. That is the reality. But the more organized we can be, the less this will happen. Same thing for your computer. Um, I've seen people's computers where it's just in my documents. It's There's hundreds of documents just sitting in my documents. That's a mess, okay? You want to have a folder for each course, then which in each course, a folder for each chapter, etc. The more organized you can be on your computer, uh, the less time you're going to spend searching and searching, which sounds like another great summer project if you've been having trouble with that. Tip 11 is to master copy and paste. When you're writing lesson plans, emails, or assessments, get in the habit of asking yourselves, did I already create something similar? If so, find it, copy and paste it, and then tweak it. I use this especially with with emails. How many times have you emailed a parent about a student not doing his homework? So what you can do is craft a generic email template and then keep it somewhere on your computer. Then whenever you need to email a parent, start with the template and customize it to fit the situation. Once again, I explain this method in more detail as well. Teachfortheheart.com slash podcast 16. Tip 12 is to get help from your students. Are you responsible to clean your room? 
Use the last couple minutes of class to have students pick up trash off the floor. Students love to help with different tasks. For me, they were helping me wash overheads. Yes, I still use an overhead projector.、Um, that was before the time that before we got smart boards. So, anyhow, whatever it is,、um, get your students to help, and、um, you can save yourself a lot of time. Tip number thirteen is to enlist help from parents, teachers' aides, family, and friends. Students can be a great help, but there's some things they just can't do, like grade their own tests. So, for more advanced tasks, don't be afraid to enlist some help. And here's the key: train them. Teach them exactly how you want a task to be done, so you don't end up having to redo it. And don't be afraid to gently redirect them when they don't do it quite right. This extra effort will pay off when they can soon do the task just as well as you. So invest that time; it will be worth it. All right, we're halfway through the list. Let's keep going. Tip number four: use online resources, but don't browse indefinitely. Okay. Online worksheets and websites can help save tons of time, but when you're browsing the web for the perfect worksheet, this can actually end up taking a lot longer than just creating one for yourself. So my strategy is is to have a few go-to sites that have excellent worksheets or resources. When I need one, I check those. But if they don't have what I want, I just make my own. Maybe a quick Google search is okay, but you know how quickly a quick search becomes a long search. So、uh, if you if you're gonna go on Google, maybe set a timer. I'm gonna search for five minutes. If I can't find it, I'm gonna make my own. And if you're not sure what the best places are to get resources, ask、um, some different teachers about it. And you can ask in particular if you don't know, have anyone to ask. You can ask in our Facebook group, Christian Teachers Lounge. We'll leave a link to join that in the show notes as well. Tip number fifteen is avoid social media during school hours. All right, we know this, but it is easy to be sucked into the Facebook vortex. I know social media can be a great resource for classroom ideas, but here's what I recommend: use them at home or create an intentional time when you're going to use them. While you're at work, get the tasks done that feel like work, and more importantly, get that main thing done, like we talked about in the previous episode this season. When you're at home, relax on the couch with Pinterest or your favorite Facebook teachers group. Which, once again, speaking of which, feel free to follow me on Pinterest or to join our Facebook group, Christian Teachers Lounge. All the links will be in the show notes at podcast sixteen. Tip number sixteen is give the impression that you grade more than you actually do. All right. Well, we want our students to do their best every time. There's simply no way we have time to grade every piece of paper. We already established this. So here's the solution: collect papers every time they work on one, but instead of、um, instead of actually going through them, simply put them directly back in the in your bin to have the students go back to the teachers. Put them back in your outbox, or maybe flip through them and just put some check marks or smiley ones on it real quick. This takes about one minute, but it makes the kids feel good and feel as if their work is being noticed and valued. Number seventeen: Find an efficient way to deal with absent work requests. Absent work requests can really、uh, take up your time, especially when the flu is going around. So it's great to come up with an efficient way of dealing with them—a way that will take you the least amount of time possible. For me, my simplified week-long lesson plans. Fit on a single sheet of paper, and they include homework, tests, quizzes, and an overview of the lesson and what we're covering. So what I do is I simply hit print and staple it to. We actually had a hard copy, or if it was an email, I would simply attach it and send it to the parent, or even take a screenshot, copy, paste. I'm done.、Um, this may not work with your system, but find something that does. Something fast, something efficient. Tip number eighteen is to get up a little earlier. 
Ugh, I know these are like the words of death. Get up early, are you kidding me? Uh, I know, I hear you. But to be honest, while I was teaching, I didn't really do this. But since I've transitioned to staying home with my little ones and writing, I've really seen how powerful this can be. Even just 15 to 30 minutes in the morning when you're fresh can save you 30 minutes to an hour in the evening. You're just so much more productive in the morning once you're awake and up. Um, it can be amazing. So so try it. When your alarm clock goes off early and you want to hit snooze, imagine yourself relaxing on the couch that evening or getting to go to bed early. And you might just um, be amazed at how great you feel. Number 19, don't promise to send regular reports to parents. Now, unless it's required by your administration, don't promise to send regular progress reports. In other words, a parent comes to you and says, can you, tell, can you send me a report every week telling me how my kid's doing? Don't do this. Not only does this take up your time, but if you forget even once, you've broken your promise. Instead, when a parent asks for a report, ask them to email or call you and tell them you'll be sure to respond. This puts the responsibility back where it belongs, with the parents. And all you have to do is hit reply to the emails that come in instead of trying to remember them. And as you can guess, you'll get way fewer emails um, than parents might think that they'll remember to do. Tip number 20, send bulk emails when appropriate. Bulk emails are a great way to communicate quickly and efficiently, or in the in some cases, posting on your website. It's a lot faster than typing, printing, passing out a form. And more parents actually see a bulk email than actually than, than even an announcement on your website. I know a lot of great parents who will admit they don't really check the website. Or, you know, they might not get papers that you send home. But emails often get through. Are there eight kids who didn't turn in a project? Um, instead of contacting each one individually, send one email to all of them. Just put the email addresses in the BCC field so the parents can't see who else got the email. Now, by the way, I'm not saying to do this all the time. Sometimes we need to write a more personalized email or sometimes even pick up the phone. But bulk emails are great when it is appropriate and it frees up time for when you do need to be more detailed or individualized. Tip 21 is to not agonize over the possibility of a typo in an email. All right, I know we teachers want to be accurate and professional, and we should be, but it's just not worth our time to scour our emails over and over in search of an elusive typos. Typos happen. They're part of life. Parents understand. Now, there shouldn't be a ton of them, but a typo here and there, they're going to slip through, and they're not worth our time reading each email six times just in case. And by the way, that's why you also know there's sometimes typos on Teach for the Heart. Because while I do read it over once or twice, I've committed I'm not going to waste the time reading it 10 times. When someone points out a typo, I'm more than happy to fix it. Tip number 22, don't double check your grading key. When you write your own test, don't bother to double check your answer key, especially for math problems. Instead, grade your best student's test first and double check any answers they appear to get wrong. You should be able to catch any mistakes pretty easily, and it takes much less time than it would to rework every single problem. All right, I know this episode's going a little bit longer than usual, but we just have three tips left. Tip 23 is to learn how to better use your computer. If you're not that comfortable with your computer, you'll do yourself a huge favor by learning how to use it more efficiently. Consider taking a computer class over the summer or simply asking a more tech-savvy colleague for some tips. The better you know how to use your computer, the more efficient you'll be and the more time you'll save. 
You know, one of my favorite time-saving computer tips is that there are keyboard shortcuts that you can use. Uh, for example, to switch from window to window. So in other words, let's say you're on the internet and you want to get back to Word. You can simply hold down Alt-Tab and tab through your open windows. This revolutionized my life. <laughs> okay, not quite, but it really was super helpful. Um, I share more of these um, keyboard shortcuts. Uh, you can find them in the show notes, once again, at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast16. Tip number 24, take the time to get to the root of the problem. Now, this may sound like the opposite of a time-saving tip, but the time you invest now will save you much more in the long run. When dealing with parents, students, or even fellow educators, it's worth it to take the time to find and discuss the real issue. That way you can actually make progress towards resolving them instead of uselessly repeating the same conversation over and over and over. Finally, tip 25 is to pray for clarity and efficiency. I'm saying this one last, but it's by no means least important because without God, we can do nothing. He is our strength, our help, and our rest. He can and will give us clarity to help us work more efficiently. And if we're listening, he'll also help us balance our lists of tasks with our greater purpose, which is helping our students. So with that in mind, let's pause and pray right now. Lord, thank you so much for these teachers and that they're taking the time to listen and try to find that balance that they need in their lives. I pray that you will help them to see clearly where they can save time, to help show them what is a priority and what they need to let go, and to help them to just focus on their students and their families. I pray that you'll, um, if they're still finishing up the school year, you'll give them a great time. If they're in the middle of the school year, you'll make them effective. And if it's the summer, that you'll help them rest and refresh. We ask these in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Well, we've gone a little longer than normal, so we'll just wrap up quickly by saying if you'd like notes and links and um, details on a lot of these tips, they're at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast16. You can also get Angela Watson's free guide, How to Choose a Target Number of Work Hours and Stick to It, at teachfortheheart.com slash balance. Hope you'll join us next week where we will be discussing five ways that budgeting your time will make you truly rich. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making